Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is a special episode sponsored by Paramatch as we look forward to the heavyweight clash between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. With the WBA, IBF, WBO and IBO heavyweight titles on the line. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by two expert guests today. To join us to preview the, the fight, we've got Barry Jones, uh, former super featherweight champion of the world, now a boxing commentator and analyst for the BBC, amongst others. Barry, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. And Declan Taylor, co-host of the George Groves Boxing Club podcast. Declan, thanks for coming as well. Pleasure. Uh, great to have you both here. Um, are you guys going to be going to be at the fight? Are you going out to Saudi? I am. Yeah, th- Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night. Actually, I've left as late as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's probably it's pretty cooler there than it is it's, here. It's, isn't it? it's not Las Vegas yet, is it? Let's be honest. So, yeah. Definitely, you've been there before. Yeah, I've been there for a couple of fights. Khan against Billy Dib and the Joshua Ruiz fight. Sadly, not going this time. Can't wait for it. Though. You didn't go see your mate Joe's Groves. Did, do you know what it was, Barry? I couldn't get, I couldn't get a visa for that one. No. And this when is, he the, boxed, this is the, he the former host of uh, George's <laughs> yeah. podcast. That was the first British... He was, George was the first British boxer to defend a world title there. But back then, it wasn't that long ago, 2019 or something, mm. it was totally different. Three years on, it's a different country for boxing. And it's going to, be, it's going to feel open now. Mm. Um, and they let, even let Barry in, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they have a jet, so... Yeah, exactly, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Declan, where are you going to be watching it? I'll be watching it at home, I think. Yeah. These sorts of fights, I quite, sometimes quite like I'm working usually on these fights. So the, the odd occasion where you're not and just sat there watching it, it's nice. You must agree with that. Because it's different when you're working, isn't it? It's a it, different it's, it vantage de- point. It depends where you are. So if you're commentating, you're ring, so you're going to be ringside. Mm. That's, that's, that's the best seat. And so you get to concentrate on it when you're working. If you're doing what you're doing, you might have people around you and you might be five rows back. Or yeah. If you're in Las Vegas, up yeah. in the gods. People stand up in front of you. Yeah, so you can concentrate. So, so I, I didn't go to Joe's Groves versus Cal Frost because I wanted to watch the fight. Mm. I know if I was sat there, wherever I was sat, I would, it would, wouldn't be able to concentrate on that and the actual what was going on in the ring. So you do tend to think sometimes you can watch at home and really, really, really watch the fight. But you miss the great atmosphere. Well, if there is any, yeah, yeah we'll see about that. Uh, and, and also, I guess you know, when I say where you're going to be watching it, given how late it's going to start, there's no really option to watch it at the pub. I, is there don't, anyway? I, I don't understand it, and I moan about this all the time. I do not understand why it's apparently it's going to start at 11 p.m., mm. which is which is quite straight over there. That means what's going to so be there, one a.m. Yeah, one o'clock somewhere. Like yeah, yeah, so For the Ruiz fight, it started raining all day. It was totally bizarre so it looked like they were going to call the fight off yeah. luckily this one's indoors so it doesn't matter what the rain what the rain if it comes or not but it won't hopefully yeah well enough chatting about the weather we're yeah. about to get into the uh, preview now but before we get into it time to tell you about Paramatch's sign up offer they have Usyk at 40 to 1 40 to 1 that is to beat Joshua that is for new customers only uh, he's currently uh, 8 to 15 to win the fight, but for new customers only, Paramatch going 40 to 1. That's a max £1 stake, uh, and the enhanced odds, the winnings will be paid in free bets. As always, T's and C's do apply 18 plus only and be gamble aware. Uh, let's get into the preview then. And I think whenever you're looking at a rematch, you've, you've got to start, I guess, with the, with the first battle. And for those who may not remember um, from last September as well, Barry. Where do you think Usyk won that fight, and what is the significance of that going into this this time? Um, well, I think the tactics of Joshua weren't the best. I thought Joshua was going to win the fight. To be fair, I thought he would be able to impose himself physically, and that would have been the difference. Because Usyk is a genius. 
But he's not the, and he's obviously he's obviously tied with Lomachenko, who's obviously from the Ukraine. They both mm. won Olympic gold medals in the same Olympics. Obviously, you, um, Lomachenko won in two Olympics. But they both won in twenty twelve, and they're tied together their careers. But Lomachenko was a better mover than than Uzik. Uzik wears you down. He puts pressure on you with the front feet, and he blocks and counters with shots. So to do that, so he did that as a cruiserweight superbly well. And just beat everyone out of sight. You know, just one of the best runs of cruiserweight in, in cruiserweight history he had, if not the best run. But to do it at heavyweight against someone like Anthony Joshua, who's big and strong and powerful, I couldn't see how he would be as effective. So I thought, in the end, Joshua, if not early, would be able to put, hit him off balance enough mm. to unsettle his rhythm and in some way knock him out. That's what I thought. But he couldn't, because he didn't box the way that everyone thought he would have and should have. He tried to get on his toes and think he needed to be lighter and faster against a smaller, faster guy, which is wrong. Mm. Which we obviously we all, in hindsight, but it's wrong anyway. I don't understand how they thought that would be the right idea. So what you don't do is leave all your good stuff for later on in the fight. You you show him early. So for Joshua, he got raw strength and power. So you show Uzi that early on. Put him off, hit him off balance. Put him under pressure. Make it hard for him to box his own fight. But Joshua thought he could box with a boxer. And he, and he was woefully second. I thought the scores were too close. I mm. think he was a mile behind. And, yeah, and he needs to change dramatically because I can't see, if he boxes anywhere like that, how he gets close to a win. Declan, we've seen a change. Uh, you know, you talk about the, the bad tactics there, a change in terms of, of the coach, uh, Robert Garcia, uh, coming in uh, on team Joshua. How big a change do you think that could be for, for the way that he sets up for the fight? I mean, it's, it, it would be a big change to how he sets up, definitely, but it's hard to know how much that will really, how much improvement he can make in that time. I was a bit mystified when he spent a lot of time after the first fight, the defeat. He cleared off to Dubai for a while. Mm. He sort of, sort of was half training there. He went to America for a while and sort of did the rounds and tried out different coaches, as it were. But it wasn't until reasonably recently that we heard the Garcia link up. They haven't had, they've had a camp, but. Really, what can you implement in that time? That's the big question. Garcia seems to be um, excited by how big Joshua is physically. Mm. You know, you could see him at the presses and stuff, just almost smiling to himself, saying, look how big my guy is compared to this, to he this does, guy. He does train featherweights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've never seen someone this big. So, I mean, I mean, that's the big intangible, is how, what can he really implement in this camp? How much can he get across to Joshua? And how much can he change Joshua's mindset himself, personally? I'm not so sure exactly what he can bring to the party at this stage. He's a really good guy, a 60-second guy in between, the, in between the rounds. He's really good at that. And it feels, it, it feels like Joshua needed that from what he's been saying about Robert McCracken, who guided him all through the amateurs and mm. up to a two-time world heavyweight champion. There was obviously some sort of disconnect there. And there's no point persevering with that. But as he picked the right man, is there still too many voices because Angel Fernandez is in there and you've got Garcia still... It's, it's kind of impossible to predict what that might mean. Really, it's down to Joshua, but that little bit of seasoning that Garcia can, can provide might make the difference. I, I don't, don't think it does. I don't think that it's what he can implement, because I think it's quite clear. We all know what Joshua needs to do, mm. if he can do it. Yeah, can he do it's it? the trust is a problem. So you, you build a relationship with the, with the trainer, so it's not, it's not that you, you've got to trust what he's telling you is the right thing, because what, what, what a trainer might tell you in those 60 seconds might not be what you want to do. Mm. Because some things are hard. You've got to trust the guy to say... Say he says to him, you've got to take a shot. You've got to keep throwing that jab. It's not going to work, but it'll work in the end. 
Well, anything you throw a jab, you get caught. You're just going to d- discard that because that's because your whole body's saying, "Well, that's, he's an idiot. Like I'm getting caught here." Mm. But sometimes that can work. It's, you know, if if he has, if you know the guy, you go, "Listen, I got to trust this guy because I've been training with him all my life, or whatever it is." A guy who's come in three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, you don't really know, you have no relationship with, no long-term relationship with. How can you have that trust? Yeah, I don't think you can. And in this sort of fight, Joshua's going to have to do some things that he's maybe not wanting to do. What, what do you think those things could be? Well, you've got to walk, you've got, he's, he's got to take the risk of getting knocked out mm. to knock this guy out, which sounds great. People say, <laughs> no, no, I mean, people say, just be, you've got to yeah. be aggressive. Well, that's, of course he has, but there's a risk with that. And when you gas out, because mm. no, you, you're punching thin air, which might happen, or, or you're not having no success, or the guy's hitting you back. You know, so you've been aggressive. When they say they say punches haven't got a chin, mm. and it's not that. It's that in they're, when they're throwing punches, they're being able to be hit back. And most of the time, when you're throwing shots, you're swinging, so you're moving into shots. And the chances that some punches get knocked out is because of that. Like people like me who danced around all day, you know, we didn't we didn't hurt anyone, but we we barely got hurt ourselves. And that's the that's the, the risk you take. You're not you're not being have no power, but you don't get hurt. Mm. And then if you've got power, you've got to take risk getting hurt. So he's got to try and push him right back and go at him, but he's going to walk onto shots. He's going to do what, what Uzit wants him to do because he'll make you miss, make you pay, that scenario. But there's no other way he can win because he tried the other way. But I, see, I personally don't believe that this, this notion that Joshua wanted to outbox him, he's told us all that I really wanted to just see if I was better at boxing than him. I wanted to win on points. We never really want to hurt him. I don't buy that necessarily. Mm. I feel that early in the fight, he was trying to get his shots off and he was just getting countered. He was just bamboozled by this genius who, who, to be honest, has spent his whole life as a southpaw boxing bigger orthodox guys. So he knows this off by heart, whereas to Joshua, it's brand new. Mm. So I feel like it wasn't the tactics were wrong necessarily. I just feel that any idea or hope to be aggressive in the fight faded away because as he was trying, he was just getting countered, getting hit with that straight left hand constantly. Joshua is apparently great at taking instructions. And you can sort of see that. But he doesn't, and because he hasn't boxed all his life. Now, boxing all your life means you you, you have better knowledge. Which ultimately, ultimately, then, like a Tyson Fury, for a exa- great example, mm. he can think on his feet. So he can change tact. In, in, well, he's a maverick, so he can do it literally minute by minute in the wrong. But you know, we all think on our feet, so you adapt because you've done it from a young kid. When it's when it's safer, we don't get hurt. You can try things out because you don't ten years of age, no one can hurt you. Mm. When you start turning, when you start boxing at 17, 18, 19, you're already six foot five and seventeen stone. In trying things out, you know, you make a mistake there, you get hurt or knocked out. So he just sticks to instructions, and he's good at that. But he can't adapt himself. He can't think for himself, I don't think. No. That doesn't mean he's not a clever fighter. Well, it does mean he's not a clever fighter. It totally means that. It does mean he's not a good boxer. And the fact that he can listen to instructions and implement them in a fight is a fantastic asset. Mm. But you need the right advice in the corner. If you're getting the wrong advice in the corner then you're just doing the wrong things because they tell you to do the wrong things. And, mm. and, and again, I go back to that trust as well. You need trust in somebody to what he's telling you is the right thing, even when it's not initially working. And I've been there where I've done things with my corner and have said, do this, and I've gone, that don't sound right. And I've thought for myself. Did you do uh, it? No. Surprise. <laughs> no, but as an amateur, I've lost, and I've lost yeah. because of it, by the way, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I might have lost anyway, but, you know, you'll never know. Mm. You know, when you tend to think, well, you've got to trust people, and, I, and that's, the, that's the problem. And also, you know, not to think on your feet. If you don't trust him and you can adapt yourself because you haven't got that, that um, depth of knowledge because you haven't been boxing all your life, then what do you do? You end up just doing nothing. 
And I think that I sort of think that's what he did in the in the music fight. He didn't really do anything. Well, we, we, he was in that. He was. He wasn't too. He didn't get too close in. wasn't too far away. He was in the right spot to get hit, mm. and and try and try and land with shots. And and he was having a bit of success. But music makes you feel it. He's never been a guy who, who spins you around on, on on a sixpence. But what do you think? I mean, from your point of view, what's AJ got to do? From, from the get-go in order to give himself the best opportunity, the best chance of winning? I'm going to say this, and it's a joke, but I seriously, I have mean it. Walk right up to him, grab him, go crack with the head. <laughs> yeah. was so I wouldn't do that. He needs that, to make an impression, doesn't he? Yeah, because yeah, who gets disqualified in the first ten seconds? Mm. Nobody ever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but he, needs to be, he needs to get physical somehow. So, like... And also losing weight, you think you're in with a faster fighter, so I, I need to get slim down to go with him speed for speed. And no, you don't. Be an, 80, be an 80s heavyweight by that I mean an American 80s heavyweight who jab you to the shoulder they hit you off balance bam solid because the, the, remember the head moves but the body pretty much stays where it mm. is so when you've got a guy slipping and sliding and making you miss and doing all this rubbish it's brilliant but if you hit his body his body's pretty much in front of you unless he's shifting like this and he's not so you just bang him to the chest bam bam make you feel the weight hit him off balance and then try and work off that I think you have to be physical. When you're in close, just lean, lean. on him. Just mm. lean. Put all that weight on him. Let him push and pull you. Let him tire himself out. What you can't do is let, allow someone like Uzi to get in his rhythm. Once he's in his rhythm, then you really are playing catch-up. And, and, and the longer he's more comfortable, the less comfortable you are. The less comfortable you are, the more you panic. The more you panic, your body gets tense. The tenser you become, the punches start pulling. And, that, and then you tire dramatically. And then you could possibly get stopped or knocked out. We've spoken a lot, Declan, about what AJ has to do, what changes AJ's made. In terms of Usyk himself, there's been a lot of noise about him bulking up, looking much bigger than he did in the first fight. And given that his speed seemed to be almost the most important thing in, in the first fight, are you surprised to see him changing that, that physique? Kind of. I, do, I don't think necessarily that extra weight and size means his speed will diminish that greatly. There might be some difference in it, but I, I don't necessarily think heavy means that he's going to be slow. Because mm. really, it's not about fast reactions like a David Hay or something. It's more that he's just thinking so well that he's always moving around the target, always in the right position. I feel that he's... He might not be as heavy as we think. He will be slightly heavier, I think, but I reckon he wants to do a number on Joshua. He, I feel that he's, he's left the war zone in Ukraine. He's left the front line. He didn't want to do that. Mm. He said that going to, the, going to hospitals and speaking to injured soldiers and then saying, go and fight, go and fight, that's why he's doing it. Also, he tried to buy the rights for this so people in Ukraine could, could watch for free. I feel like he wants to do a number on Joshua. He wants to make an impact, make a statement. I don't feel that it's a normal, it's a normal situation for him. Like, mm. Clearly, it's not anyway back at home. But I feel that he's thinking, right, everyone's talking about Joshua being aggressive and trying to walk me down. Let's, let's have it. I'm, I'm ready for that. And I feel that that could open the door. One, it, it increases Joshua's chances of having success if he's, if he's trying to really put it on him more so than he has in the rest of his career. But also it means trouble for Joshua as well. So do you think this is going to look like a very different I fight? Feel, yeah, yeah, I think it's a different fight. Although having said that, sometimes it's easy pre to predict and then in a rematch really it's the same sort mm. of situation. But I feel it's a different fight for both, for both of them. I feel like Usyk's whole world has changed since that first fight in the last 12 months. Mm. Joshua was clearly on his like on the ropes literally if he loses this it could be could be the end for him especially if he loses in certain fashion. So I feel like the stakes are just so much higher in this fight that it could 
it could open the door for a, for a different fight. But maybe they revert to type after a few rounds. I don't see that. You, you do think it shows intent for Uzi that the fact that he's put on that weight, yeah. or it looks like he's mm. put on that weight, that he is going to try and walk Joshua down. I, see, he's felt Joshua's power now, and he knows it's dangerous, but it's not so much... It's not, not every shot's a knockout punch. Actually, Joshua's quite, quite a structured boxer, so... We all go, he needs to be aggressive like the old Joshua, and he's be more angry and true. But he never swung like a lunatic. Yeah, he was really, always, it was, everything he did was always structured, and he always punched inside his body frame, so his technique's good. So actually, Joshua's speed is fast. He actually punches fast. He's a good underrated counterpunch as well, he particularly is, yeah. with the right hand, isn't he? But, he? but he used to have a little rhythm to it. Early yeah. in his career, he used to have a little rhythm to his step back and forth, back and forth. So he wasn't Probably bouncing GB on his stuff. toes. But he had a good rhythm, and so he'd make you miss. He'd jab, step out, right hand, and it was good technique and... and Bigger guys struggle with that. But I still think that now Uzik has felt the weight and the strength, he's bulked up enough for me, and he's a clever guy, mm-hmm. to maybe try and walk Joshua down. To, again, he blocks as a cruiserweight. All he did was put a pressure with you in that front feet, with that front foot, put you right under pressure, block everything and make you pay and make you work so hard that by the time you got the round five, six, seven, eight, or nine, depending on how good your engine was, you were spent. Mm. And the only fight that he wasn't spent was Marius Bredas. Mm. That's the only fight, he still got lost, but Uzik still won. That was the only fight that he wasn't absolutely knackered at the end of the fight, was him. And I don't know, and so you, you should maybe get him in your corner. That's yeah. what, what <laughs> he did. Because yeah. you know, the rest of them, and Gassayev, all these fighters who were brilliant, by round seven, even if they didn't get stopped, by round seven, they are Look absolutely Bellu. shattered. Belly mm. was knackered. Well, Belly looks like Belly looked like he was in the fight. Yeah. But in reality, he he's, he's foot to the pedal, yeah. 100 miles an hour, just trying to stay in a fight that was close. Mm. Like, Uzi doesn't care if he's winning after six or five or if he's losing one or two rounds because he's done nothing. He does nothing. He just lets you do everything and, he just, and, he's, and the fight's still close. And then he slowly goes to work because he's clever and he can feel the weight of your punches diminish. Look at Joshua in the last round. Mm. To be fair, you know he was done. Yeah, he was all he was in trouble, and and, and that's that's fatigue more than the power. Mm. I mean, for that reason, do you think if this fight goes the difference, is there any way Anthony Joshua can win it? Based on yeah. what we saw. Well, yeah, if he can hurt Usyk, then he can win on. He just it doesn't mean he has to knock him out. He can win yeah. on points because all of a sudden Usyk has to fight a different way. And yeah. also, and when you get hurt, and I can vouch for this. You fight slightly scared. Mm. I mean, you're not scared, but you fight differently because you know once you get dropped and hurt, then you go, "Oh, I don't want to do that again." Mm. So your whole body, especially a thinker like Uzik, will reevaluate everything instantly. You can do that. That, and he's a great fighter, but he's not a great fighter in the mode of a Ray Leonard who will take those massive risks. No, all those fighters. He's not one of those great fighters. He's a great fighter where he's like a computer. He he calculates everything all the time, but it's always about what's the best. Ironically, for this channel, what's the best odds? Odds. It's all about odds for him. Yeah. This is the best way to go. This is the best way to go. This is the best way to go, and and it's never about I just need to take this risk for greatness, like mm. like other fighters would. So, if he gets hurt, he will box it. He will. He'll, he'll get on his toes, which he can do that. Mm. And he can. I mean, we've seen him do that in the past with the World Boxing Super Series when the five round amateur competition. They do five rounds with no vest, and he did that early in his career when he beat Joe Joyce and. He just got on his toes and danced, and the rest. So he could he can do that if he needs to, but I don't think he needs to. Is there a chance, Declan, that's mirrored what you said there about boxing scared when you've been hurt? Is that mirrored in Joshua's career here? Because you know the first the hit he's taken and the defeat last year. If he loses again here, how close are we nearing to, to the end of AJ um, as we've seen him over the last decade? I do feel that his whole mind frame changed has changed throughout slowly throughout his career. Obviously, he's obviously blowing everyone out early on. 
he, had, he got wobbled by Dylan White, came back to stop him. He got dropped by Klitschko. And then, obviously, the Ruiz fight happens mm. where everything changes for him. And I do feel... I always, I always think that calling him gun-shy is a little bit harsh and maybe a little bit extreme, but I do feel that there's been... A, um, a change in the way he throws, maybe a, reluct a reluctance to just open up with the, with the backhand, like you were saying. That that was what that was his really his main weapon. And then when you're in there with someone like Usyk, who's catching you on the way in, or he's he's forcing you to throw and then countering you, then just that instinct of right, I'm just going to try and land these big shots, these straight shots, which is what Garcia wants him to do. That's gone a bit, or certainly changed from the old days. You even you can look at the Povetkin fight. He started that fight. He's trying to box Povetkin. He's getting lit up at times by Alexander Povetkin. He obviously stops him in the end. Really good finish, but there was sort of Ryan was on the wall. There were some strange things he was doing. He was boxing with his hand down. Afterwards, he talked about wanting to be like Floyd Mayweather, and you just think, is this a confused guy? Mm. Like really? And in, in no way disrespectful, but is he confused? Is he caught between a number of stalls because he came to boxing reasonably late? So this stuff is only just coming to him now as a world champion rather than establishing what he does and thinking that's just all I'm going to do now. I think that he's got a few little options in there and sometimes it muddies the waters a little bit. I would say that, that as a trainer, I never trained anybody, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you want your fighter to evolve. So opening his brain up and teaching him new techniques and, and you know, honing your skills, but also getting better things you can't do is what you want to do. You want to evolve, ultimately be the best at everything, be the all-round fighter. That's great. Mm. But what happens, with, what happens so often, we've seen it with Josh Taylor, and, we've seen it, and I think we've seen it with Joshua, is you can teach him loads of other stuff and open their mind to all these other things they can do, and it takes away their superpower. So, say for Josh Taylor, this is not Josh Taylor's podcast, but you know, he, he was a guy who, who, was, who, was a, who was a volume puncher and was great under pressure, and then they had him boxing on the back foot trying to be like a, a slick, you know, slick counter punch, and it didn't work. And the same, the same with Joshua. You know, Joshua was a guy who, even though he was a boxer, every punch has an intent. Mm. So, you know, it was, and it was a hurt you. And also, when he was in, when he was in fights like with Dillian White and, and, and others like that, when he got hurt, his first reaction, once you open someone's brain, I was trying to say, you almost can't go back. Mm. Once, you make, once you make him a thinking fighter, which you should do, it's great. Mm. But now you think about everything. So like, but like when I get hurt with a punch, I go, this is not good. <laughs> I, I, so I go, right, no, well, uh, it's not. Yeah. But I go back, to, so I'm scrappy. I go back to what I'm like, because you know, we all come from like, you know, really like, poverty-stricken areas or whatever, whatever your life is. And then you go back to what you were like as a kid. So I'm scrappy, but I get to get through it. So for me, as a kid, it was like the fight just to get, so I could run away. Just, to, just enough so I can go. So that's all I did as a ring. Mm. When I'm under pressure, that's what I do. For, for Joshua, when he got hurt, he, 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 got, he got hurt and he just think, I got to hurt you now before you hurt me again. Because in the streets, the big guys, that's what it's like. If mm. I don't hurt you now, I'm done. So he'd go back to that instantly. That was his raw, natural instinct mm. to go. Now, when he got hurt with Dillian White, he didn't think, right, I've got to keep my shape here and I'll get behind the jab. He just went, what? Yeah. Because he had that power. He knew he had it. But now you've opened his mind. So he goes, oh, hang on, I need to reassess this and get a step back and do... And all the right things to do, but it don't work because you've taken away his superpower. It's, that was it. You, or you think you've hit him, and then he goes, crack, and you go, oh. <laughs> and he don't do that anymore. Mm. And they, I'm not sure they can ever get that back, mm. but they need some of that for this because Ooze is going to hit him regularly. And they're not going to be shots that are going to knock him out, but the shots he's going to feel. Mm. And the shots he's going to... He's not going to know how they hit him. All these things are going to happen. And I've been there when, you're, when a guy who could punch harder or better, faster, and they hit you with shots and you can't figure out why they hit you. Mm. He's right in front of you and you can't hit him. What 
where is he? He's still there. But why can't I hit him? I don't know, he's leaning back. Okay, I'll step forward. And then he goes there. What? And then every time you make a mistake, he makes you pay for it. And, and did we see that in the first fight as well, where you know Joshua claimed that he couldn't see in the last few rounds because his eyes, because his yeah. eyes swollen up, and well, that was well, just relentless. That's that's the yeah. that's the peppering of punches in mm. your face. And unfortunately, that's what happens. Of course, yeah. So, and all these things we're saying about Joshua, what he has to do. You still, you got to do it. But things he's not going to want to do. He's got to walk through punches. He's got to risk getting knocked out. So you know, we're all saying that oh, it's easy, but he got to do. just got steam him, feel that physical strength and power, grab him, headbutt him like I did, like an idiot. All these things, you know, be physically tough and rough, and, and be use that strength and size. You're a massive man, but you know you can be knocked out doing that. So it's easy to say it's harder to do it, and that's where it goes back to the trust with the corner. There's loads of things that are not in his favour. I think changing people in this training camp, you know, the fact that Uzik's a better thinker all round and a better, you know really has a better boxing brain. So them boxing each other, even though Usyk won, so you always favour the winner. But even if he won the win, because he has a better boxing IQ, he'll be able to take lessons from that more than Joshua could. Mm. Joshua's relying on other people to tell him what went wrong and why he has to fix it. Where Usyk will have that, but he'll know himself. And, and there's a big difference between that. There's learnt knowledge and taught knowledge and, mm. and, the, and the two different things. He's also come in now... Usyk, he, that was his first real major test at heavyweight against the elite guy. Obviously, he boxed Chisora yeah. and he boxed Chaz Witherspoon and whoever else it was. I think yeah. it was someone else. But no, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. Three, yeah. No, so then Joshua is his first real elite heavyweight and he's done the business like that. So the, what he would have gained from that is massive. And also, he's now confident, oh, I've got this big world, world champion heavyweight and I've absolutely done a number on him. Not a problem. Joshua, on the other hand, had never boxed anyone like Usyk in his life. So... He will have the 12 rounds of that knowledge now, which he can carry into this rematch. But I feel that Usyk's gained more from the confidence of what he did to Joshua in the first fight. And that's why he's bulked up, for me, because I think he knows. He knows, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those shots were hitting me back a little bit, but now I know if I put a bit of weight on, no, they're not hurting, they're just physically pushing me back. If I put a bit of weight on, I can just absorb that a bit more. Mm. But, this, but we're writing Joshua off here. Still no, that's it. I've got nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, what I mean is... He still has that power. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he still keeps... And, and also, he's a correct puncher. And I say that, but he punches inside his body frame where nothing swings, so he turns his body. So he's got really good technique. So everything's inside his body frame, which means you can attack and be defensively sound when you do it. So there's loads of things he got in his favour. He can, no, he has that power and he could hurt you. But we didn't see him catch Uzit with a real quality smashing right hand or a really flush left hook. And can Uzik absorb that? I don't know, because many heavyweights can't. And I think if Joshua hits you clean, he can knock you out. Mm. So there are good signs for him. He can, it's not out of the realms of possibility that he can knock Uzik here to next week. Mm. But he has to take that risk, that leap of faith. Mm. And, I, and, and, it's still, and, and the chance that I might not, still might not work. Mm. And he might have to take three, four, five of them throughout the run and just believe that I can just do it. And I, I don't know whether, whether he has that in him. Well, before we move on to the undercard and, and your tips as well, I mean, in a week, Declan, where we've seen Tyson Fury retire yet again, um, Anthony Joshua is, is 32. Uh, what do you think the two paths after this fight would be for Joshua if he wins and if he loses? If he wins, I think Tyson comes out of retirement straight away and they have the, they have the fight, to be honest. That's what I think. I know it's a good bargaining chip for Fury now because he's like, well, I'm retired, you better pay me. You know, <laughs> they're going to make mega money anyway. He's saying so. it's strategically timed, this retirement. <laughs> I feel like... If he loses, this isn't the end of Joshua. He would make massive money. It's whether he wants to, whether he really can he be bothered to do that again. Like, can he? Does he really want to live in a hotel in Loughborough 
when he's a multi-millionaire with his whole life ahead of him. Does he really want to do that again? I don't know. If he wins, then there's not a question for him. But he's been a multi-millionaire for a long time already, and he's still doing it. I think for his legacy, this is the word that everyone uses nowadays, for his legacy, he's, a, he's got a great resume, maybe the best of the crop, mm. but he hasn't boxed Joshua, he hasn't boxed Wilder, and he hasn't boxed Fury. So they've got the three best heavyweights in their generation, and two have met each other, and he hasn't. And, the, so, and the, that admission will always be a, 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 a shadow of his career. So if, even if he loses with them, that ties them together in what will be a great trilogy and makes this era all of a sudden a great heavyweight era. But right now, it shadows, it pales in significance compared to the 90s and the 70s, which were, for me, the two greatest eras, 70s mm -hmm. up there, above them all. But if they, if they were to meet all three of them of a little wrong robin, and that lure of that would be enough, I think, to keep him going. Plus, he just signed a massive deal with, with, <laughs> with, with, with another TV company, so I think he owes a couple of fights. Well, his problem is if he loses, what, like, in a Fury fight, he's got no or very little bargaining power at the mm. table, and like, that's where these fights break down a lot of the time, is on splits. And can you imagine what Fury's going to offer him if he's off the back of two defeats and he's retired as an undefeated world heavyweight champion? I just wonder if that will get in the way. If he wins, that, that's not a problem, but if he loses, same with a Wilder fight, has he got the pulling power? I think yes, and he's got all yeah. that money from DAZN, Like, But, yeah, I think we'll still see him again, regardless of the result. And what about if, if Usyk wins? Who do you see him fighting next? Oh, fight, uh, he will generally fight them all, I think. I did say a long time ago that he, that he would, just before the Wilder, uh, the Wilder Fury third fight, I did say that Usyk stops Wilder. I mean, makes him cry. Mm. Just so frustrates him so much that he just walks out and cries. <laughs> no yeah, mass. There's a no mass like. But after seeing how tough Wilder was in that third fight, I'm not so sure mm. now, actually. I think it's a really hard fight. But I do think that. I think he's one of those guys that if he totally dominates Joshua now and stops him, who wants to fight him? Because mm. he's a guy one, who can frustrate you and then possibly knock you out. So he becomes a, a, like a, a real threat. But Fury will fight him. It'd be a really boring fight, I feel. Real, like, one for the purists. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, if, I, think, I think he does fight them all. I do. I, no, I, there's no TV companies in the way, I don't think, for yeah. that, for those, I think. Who'd be favourite in your eyes, Fury, you say? Oh, Fury. Fury, Fury. Yeah, yeah Fury. Mm -hmm. the, the size, and, and, mm. and even his IQ's good, and he got so many advantages. And Fury, I, can, Fury can box so many different ways. Mm. Like, he beat, he beat one guy. It's, he got two guys on his, on his record, really, that only stand out. But one was the, the best of his generation. He had 10 years undefeated as a champion. And the other one was the, one of the biggest punches ever lived. And he beat the other one three times. He, the first one was a draw, but he won that fight. <laughs> but he beat him three different ways. He yeah. beat Sefer Seferi as well. What's that? He beat Sefer Seferi as well. Oh, no, no, this, we, all, we all deserve a gimme. Not again. <laughs> but um, but he, beat, he beat the same guy three different ways. He beat the, he beat the most dangerous heavyweight on the planet at that time in three different styles. That, that's that's a, that's just that's a genius. It mm. really is. Not always pretty to watch, but always really effective. Let's have a quick look at the the undercard as well uh, for those of us who'll be uh, looking for something to do before eleven o'clock uh, at, at the earliest. Uh, any highlights there? Any, anything people should be making sure they tune in for? Not really, mate. Callum Smith in an eliminate yeah, for a world title, then you know against Bordley. Yeah, yeah but and it'd be in a good fight there. Actually, I was watching him today and. Um, He's not bad, but you've got to favour Callum Smith because mm. he's so mm. you know, he's so big and so powerful. You know, Bazoo Jack could be, theoretically, he's on the undercard and he's boxing a guy who's undefeated. Might not be very good, but he could still get a world title fight. He's 38 years of age 
He's based in Dubai now, not not in Las Vegas anymore. Swedish, mm. uh, Swedish fight who's based based in Vegas with Floyd Mayweather's company for such a long time. Now he's based in Dubai, and he's still beating young kids. You know, so he might get a world title shot, mm. a cruiserweight possibly, which is a all of a sudden now a wide open division again. He's yeah. a big name still, Paddy yeah. Jack. Mm. And Smith, I've, I really like him at, at light heavy. What he yes. did to Lenny Castillo, you know, on the. And was good, Castillo was a good opponent, yeah, actually. Uh, he, I think he'd gone the distance with Bivol, perhaps, Castillo. Yeah. And we see what Smith did, one of the most chilling knockouts you'll ever see. Mm. And he's a big puncher at light heavy. This is an opportunity for him. I, don't, I think Baudelik is, like Barry said, a good fighter. Never boxed outside France. I feel like he's one of them where he's going to be like, I've never been like this before by mm. someone like Smith, who's very measured and um, can be aggressive when he wants to. And then he wants, he wants Baturbiev, maybe. He wants, you know. <laughs> he wants Baturbiev. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> why would you say that? Why You've would, got to at least why say would, it, why yeah. would you want to upset Baturbia for? Yeah, but I think Smith does it in style. Last time he was in Jeddah, he won by knockout, as we, I'm sure you remember. Yeah. So I think he'd probably do it again. Who did he fight? Who did he fight? I can't. I've got it here. I can't remember. <laughs> you are, mate, weren't they? Yeah. Georgie, Georgie Groves, yeah. So this, this, and, he's, and he gets the world title shot off the back of this. I think yeah. so, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, time to hear the guys' tips. Um, this podcast, as I mentioned, sponsored, uh, this podcast and video sponsored by Paramatch. Paramatch not only have Alexander Usyk as their responsible gambling ambassador, but they're also the official betting partner for both Chelsea and Leicester. Uh, and they have Usyk at 8 to 15. So odds on favourite, of course, Joshua was the favourite at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year. Uh, now Usyk, 8 to 15 favourite, Joshua 6 to 4, the draw 20 to 1. Uh, and Declan, you've got three tips here. Barry, you've got one, and interestingly, a bit of a tease. They've chosen the same 10-to-1 shots. That could be one to follow. But first up, you're, you're looking for a way to, to side with Usyk over, over Joshua. Yeah, just an easy one, I thought. If you see this fight go similar to the first fight, which might happen, they might revert to type. Both established guys, mm. maybe it just sort of degenerates into the same thing we saw last time. Usyk's decision is 7-to-4, which struck me as decent, and that's covering all decisions. Not, mm. not, that's not just a unanimous decision price. That's for anything if he wins on points again, which is not out of the question. I feel like maybe, uh, in difference to you, I feel if it goes a distance, Usyk wins on points. I, mm. I don't see... I think Joshua's decision is the least likely of all the outcomes, maybe even beyond the draw. So Usyk's decision, I think, at 7-4 to is, is not bad. If you're just thinking safe, and we, we've, we've got previous on the first fight, so yeah, I thought that yeah. was a decent price for that. UC decision seven to four, uh, an interesting special as well. Total knockdowns over one and a half at thirteen to eight. Yeah, I thought that was a great one because over one point five knockdowns. So basically, you need two knockdowns in the fight to to get that price, which is solid. So you think Joshua? You only have to look at the Ruiz fight. He goes down and gets back up again. Yeah. So if he does get, if he, if it, if if Usyk really does walk him down and try to put it on him, chances of him going down once are very high. And then the second one could well follow because we know he gets up. Usyk, not a concussive puncher. So it's not like he's going to put him away to, to sleep. He did, to be fair, he knocked out Bellew, but the Huck stoppage and all the other stoppages in his career really grinds people down. Fatigue, might, isn't Fatigue, a couple of knockdowns. So that looks like a good price, especially then if we're thinking that Joshua is really going to try and walk him down and put the pressure on. Maybe he drops Usyk as well. Usyk, not elusive like Lomachenko. He gets hit, but he's happy getting hit to, to land one. So... A couple of knockdowns in that fight is not out of the question. 12 mm. rounds is a long time. 
especially if Joshua comes out swinging as we 100%. anticipate that he might do. And not so much a tip, but we saw uh, Eddie Hearn saying uh, in the week as well that he thinks that the fight will be done within six yeah. rounds. Not Un- like him. Unsurprisingly saying that it'll be Joshua um, knocking out Usyk in the six rounds. I'm sure nothing to do with Usyk uh, mm. moving on from Hearn after this fight. I can see that. If you want to have a bet for, for Joshua, I would say that I, see that I think the first two or three rounds will be a little bit tetchy. I don't think there'll be too much... I think they both be having a look at each other. Yeah. No, one, no one will want to make a mistake. But I think at some point there, Josh is going to have to go for it. So I would say four to six, four, round four to six, that he has a pop at it, yeah. possibly. And then that could well open him, yeah. him up to get his and, and, and then that's what I think. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't get it done then, then he's emptied his tank. Yeah. And that's where Ruzik you know, yeah. does So what, that, that does bet under six and a half rounds is three to one for the fight. Either, mm. either guy to win inside, inside six and a half rounds, which is a good price at that. And yeah. Hearn said, he might have even said, either way it will finish inside mm. six. He, he sees it as a, a six-round fight. And it could well happen, especially with Garcia in the corner. You know, we really don't know what Joshua's mindset is. He, he might just be like, this is the last thing I'm going to do. I've made all the, I'm here in Saudi, I've taken all the money, I'll just, let's just try it, go for broke. And then he could get stopped, but then he, he could knock him out. So that, that seemed like an interesting bet, if that's how you see the fight going. Maybe that's why it's at 11 o'clock, because Hearn knows it's only going to go six rounds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Barry, I'll come to you for the 10-to-1 shot because this was your, your selection. It's been mirrored by, De- by uh, Declan as well uh, for a, a Usyk stoppage uh, in rounds 10-12 to 12, at 10-to-1. Yeah, I just think that, I think that you know, what Usyk does, what he does best, and he makes you, and pressing he's put on the weight, he makes you work hard. So, and Josh will be extremely fit, but he's got to be more aggressive. And with that, it's the caveat that you, that you, that you gas out. And I think that's what he'll do. I think Joshua's energy will deplete as the rounds go on. If he doesn't get, he doesn't get out there, if he doesn't get out there early, his, his, his tank depletes as the fight goes on. And then when you get to round seven, eight, nine, he's knackered. But Usyk doesn't take massive risks. He'll just keep punishing you, punishing you. And I think then by round, then from 10, 10 to 12, Joshua's just a, just, in the first just one, a, big, a big lump, a big target to hit. Mm. And then Usyk just goes to work. Because mm. Usyk never loads... If you see Usyk, never loads up with his shots. So he can throw shots all day long. But they'll have their weight in the end. But no, the tired you get, those, that, that shot, that there was nothing in round one, it's like a sledgehammer, a sledgehammer yeah. in round 10 and 11. So I think, yeah, I think, he's, I think he'll stop him late. I think that price really, was really surprising. Yeah. That's a big price, yeah. 10 to 1, for that. Because we saw the pattern of the first fight. If Joshua has sort of put a bit more into the early rounds, he could be really knackered by that point. And if Usyk is bigger, he just does get the stoppage. He almost got it in the first fight. Most of his stoppages at Cruiserweight and have been like seven, eight, nine-ish. So you think just logically you've got heavyweight in front of you, 10, 11, 12. It seems like a really good price and really likely outcome. In this and I would say that when you mentioned about multiple knockdowns, I, think that's a, I didn't even think about that. That's brilliant. I think that's really good because I do think that I think Joshua gets beat. But who's a, not a concussive puncher, and you know, so I do think Joshua gets up. Yeah, a couple of knees gets, from exhaustion. Because it'll be fatigued that, yeah. that, that's doing the job. So I think that I get like again that, that shot that you could take in round one would be the same shot that knocks you over, but you can get up from it. Mm. And you just get knocked down. I think that I, I, I'm multiple. I mean, literally, mm. there can be too many knockdowns. No, yeah. <laughs> I would go that far. Yeah, Ruiz was just up and down. I think it was four times in the end where it's just he's up. Okay, he's not quite back with it. He's down again. He knows what he's doing. I'm also interested to see what Garcia does if he's in real trouble. Will he pull him out? Mm. Could he pull him out? Will, will someone save him uh, in any way? I would say, you no. Know, if we go from, if we go into type, 
an American train in a big fight. Yeah, they're just going to let they're go. They're not going to pull you out. Yeah, mm. they're letting go. Yeah. yeah. So there the lockdowns go. are more likely. 10 to 1 uh, there, uh, Brands 10 to 12, USIC uh, selected by both the guys. And a reminder that there is a, a special uh, for viewers and listeners to this show, uh, 40 to 1 USIC uh, to beat Joshua, £1 max take for new customers. Those uh, winnings be paid in free bets. T's and C's apply, 18 plus. Be gamble aware. Um, before we let you guys go, can't have a show uh, this week on boxing and not talk about the Chris Eubank Jr. Connor Ben fight. Um, a couple of big landmarks in the original rivalry. I was born the day of the first original, 18th of November 1990, the first Eubank Ben, and a little bit um, you know, less crucial here. Barry was actually on the undercard for the second fight. Well, the, um, what do you remember of the day? You say, well, the, the, the second fight in Old Trafford, so yeah. Uh, I was first on, which sort of makes you first is top of the bill, I yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There, was a, there was only five fights, so that big, I said you... I was actually born before the fight as well, so I was first on, on the first one. So. <laughs> I, I watched the first fight on a ferry. I just stopped a kid in Ireland, actually, as an amateur. I was on a ferry back home from, from, from Dublin watching the first fight, which is an all-time war. Yeah. Horrible fight to be involved in. Mm. But the second fight in Old Trafford, which wasn't a great fight, but it was a great occasion, there was only five fights in that bill. The big bills end. It was only ITV. Only one. They only show one fight. So yeah, it was a huge occasion for me. Sort of made me actually. I think I won. I won there. I was just. I think I had boxed on the night. They didn't. They didn't box the night. <laughs> but in my mind, I was the best boxer I there. I think everyone know? agreed. That I everyone think so. who's in the stadium. At the I had many a time that like, Ben's come up to me and said, "Barry, you know, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Inspiration. <laughs> Without you, you know." <laughs> yeah. But is it this fight? It's just I never thought I'd see it happen. No. This this return. Yeah. This this the third one now against the Suns. You know, I just think. You know, like the, like the, the trilogy was... They were going to fight the third time, and it didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. You just thought it was put to bed, so it's sort of been... It's the third fight by proxy, isn't it? Mm. it or nepotism, whatever you want to call it. It's just the weirdest of situations, because they, they were massively weighted. One was a super middleweight, one was a light welterweight mm. when he turned professional. You just thought, oh, are these guys going to meet? And we were looking at other sons, because yeah. they, they both got other sons who boxed. Yeah. You're thinking, well, maybe they could box each other, maybe. Well, Stevie there, there, was Jr. Nathaniel, there was Nathaniel Wilson versus yeah. um, Harley Ben. Ben. Harley ben. They were yeah. close to weight. Mm. No, and they're both the sons of, of, of respective dads. Harlem Eubanks. Maybe they can meet, like, yeah. Uh, uh, 54 pounds as well. Yeah, of course, yeah, but never these two. Mm. But, but, all of but a sudden, they made it somehow. Yeah. Well, we Money talks. Otherwise, we've got Eubank Jr. is, is two on favourite. Connor Ben 13 mm. to 8, the draw 20 to 1. Uh, Eubank Jr. said in the press conference to Connor Ben, You cannot beat me, Connor, mm. over and over again. Do you agree with that? I mean, I do, to be honest, because it's a middleweight against world's weight. Mm. That, that, he's, he's too big. He's too big and too strong for this fight. But then you just have to consider he's, they are getting him to take £3 off. There is a rehydration clause. He doesn't have a trainer at the moment. He started camp this week. He wants his dad in the corner, he can't go with his dad. So he might get Roy Jones in after all. He says he hasn't got a nutritionist for this fight, which is crazy. Don't know if he's lying or not. You never really mm. know whether he's... Lying about all of it. Yeah, could be lying about all of it. And he could just be spinning a yarn and everyone starts thinking maybe it's closer than it is. But in the cold light of day, there is no way that Conor Ben at that size can beat Chris Eubank at middleweight. It just is not going to happen. But... You just never know, do you? I don't, I, mean, I agree with you, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you just you don't never know. And I think, you know, I think if Ben's got... This is one of what's unique about this. You've got two rich kids who don't need a box for no reason except for they just want to. No, who are pretty good. Mm. No, you, like, no, most, like no, Nigel, obviously, and, and, and Chris, no, they come from rough areas, so they, they grew up trying to... No, they box to get out of the life that they grew up in. 
you know, they want to they want to better themselves. We got two kids here who could be who should be riding ponies. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'd watch it. They could do whatever they want to do. They got, they got, and I know charity horse racing. I know when Connor. I know Connor. Yeah, exactly. I know Connor said no. No, when he came over to England, he he had like a couple of hundred quid, and he had to go and live with his nan's back room or something like that. But there was a, there's a massive like comfort blanket mm. back home. You know, if something happens, there was a safety net for him with his dad. Mm. No, no other other people don't have that when you come from the thing. You, you, there's no safety net. You just go for it, or you go back to living where you know in a in a, in a one bedroom bedsit or whatever mm. it is. It's a council flat. That's all. That's all life was for us. So he doesn't. Have, they haven't had that. It's quite unique. But they have their dad's traits, both of them, like exactly like Connor Ritchie is going around looking. Because he, no, he hasn't got that background to draw from to get him angry. You mm-hmm. need to be angry to be at his best. He's angry at you. You'll like he'll listen to this and he'll go. He'll, he'll be yeah. angry at me. And I draw, but I don't mind. So he, he draws on that. That makes him a better fighter. And Eubank Junior is just as amazingly eloquently dismissive as his dad was. Mm-hmm. He did. He, he did. He, he did and, and the pressure. He's he, he like the worst character for a Ben. A yeah. Eubank is the worst character to put in a room with a Ben for wanting to wind him up. Or the whole family. Like It's just fantastic. And it'll be a good fight. And Ben will give it his all. It's got to be a, be a blinding fight. But Conor Ben, we've never seen him in with a puncher. And mm. not just... OK, Eubank's not a huge murderous puncher, but he's a middleweight. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what he does when he's got small gloves on the night. Like what's <laughs> well, Conor Ben haven't ticked the boxes about what else when he hits someone. I, well, well, Eubank Jr. got a great chin. Mm. He have not got his dad's power, but he got his dad's chin. And he's been at a higher level... But wait, not making the weight's a fact. The dehydration causes a problem. That's the biggest issue for me. Because you don't mind you can make the weight. It's got to hold it for another day. I know, I know, I know that. And also, the, 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 the rehydration to check weighing on the day is not like 8 o'clock it's in the morning. 11, like yeah. should, it's 11 o'clock, mm. which makes it like a, a, a same day weighing. Yeah. Like I used to, when I turned pro back in the, in the 40s. <laughs> and, no, and, no, but that, that was difficult. That was because you got, like, from midday then. And also, when, you, when, you, when you're making weight all the time, your body shrinks, your stomach shrinks. So you think I'll just eat loads of food, then you, well, your body will react to that in an unfavourable manner. Mm. You're sat on the toilet all day of the fight. That's what happens. So you have to eat right amounts, small amounts, to get your body back and to get the strength <clears> back. But you, got, you weigh in at 12 o'clock the day before, you've got enough time to do that. No, he hasn't, and that, that'll be the issue. But apart from that, you've got a favour, Eubank Jr. He's got the pedigree, the, the size, and, and the chin. Sounds like we should come back here in six weeks and oh, preview sorry, the yeah, fight yeah. again. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much to both uh, Barry and to Declan for sharing their thoughts ahead of the Joshua Usyk fight on Saturday. And thank you to Parimatch for sponsoring the show as well. Do check out that welcome offer, 40 to 1 Usyk for new customers. Max uh, stake, £1. Winnings paid in free bets, 18+. plus. Uh, be gamble aware, T's and C's do apply. Uh, do check out the Odds Checker site for all of the different betting markets ahead of the fight as well. Uh, hopefully a couple of winners tipped up by the guys. Uh, I'm excited to back those uh, after the show. Uh, do enjoy the fight. And as is always the case, please ensure that you're gambling responsibly.